Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Our guest today is a very dear friend of Cindy's and mine, and so it's like a party, and it's the very darling and talented Kathy Hester. Hello, Kathy Hester. Hello. I am so happy to be able to hang out with you guys. I miss no. you so very much. I know. Now, people do not know this, but the video does exist. Kathy came and assisted Cindy and I in an Atlanta food selling class. And then in the neck, and remember we were chased, being chased by a hurricane or something. I mean, <laughs> remember it was so humid and eh, it was crazy. But we had a great class and we had the next day to go out and we had a lunch out with iced teas, different things. But we went to that famous, famous graveyard in Atlanta in Atlanta, and we were looking for Margaret <laughs> Mitchell's grave. And Cindy has, we have the video, it shows how it's absolutely hysterical. It's like you, me, Cindy, and Jenny Field, and for some reason, four really higher than normal intelligent women could not find this grave. Margaret, Margaret, yes. Margaret. I remember all of us just yelling it. It's like Marco Polo, but our own little version. When it comes up in my memory, I just want you to know, Kathy, that's like to me one of the happiest memories. <laughs> just goes to show you how my life really is. I think that was one of the most fun days ever. I oh. had the best time. And I had not met Cindy before. And I yeah. had known you for, for several years. And so, you know, whenever two people work together, there's like, one person is kind of the nice person. The other person is maybe not the nicest person, like good cop, bad cop. Yeah. And so I was a little nervous meeting Cindy. I was like, ooh, Cindy must oh, be she's the not bad. Oh, she's not nearly as nice yeah. as me. <laughs> I'm like, Cindy must be the bad cop. Yeah, yeah. She'd be like, why did Denise let this person come help us and whatever? And then Cindy and I like looked at each other and I think, what? And like 20 seconds, we're like, oh, it's you. I've been looking for you. And you both have some of those science fiction and those things you like they're science fiction nerds I mean I'm not I mean you were talking oh. when you two talk about that stuff it's like another language I have no idea what you're talking about well I when she was like my friend has like a little hobbit house and I was like oh no you know and I was telling her about my Halloween party she's like oh my god I want to go and it's well now let me tell you we're going to talk about that Halloween party but first I, and a reason why is that I went on Amazon to look at all your books again Kathy to refresh my memory so and you have a little Halloween book on Amazon I do and it's it's so poorly named and it's it's my very first self-published book and I took the pictures in that book the week after I learned how to use my camera in manual mode. Okay. Thank you very much. I was very excited about that. But it's called The Ghoulish Gourmet. And it's, it's a looks darling. I, I do give myself some props for the styling because I do, I probably have enough Halloween party stuff to like rent out to Hollywood for all the Halloween shows. We have, you know, some people have Christmas stuff or whatever. We have 17 big bins, plastic bins full of Halloween stuff. Oh, we have an open plan upstairs and we've done the Harry Potter party several years. The whole living room is the forbidden forest. We've got giant trees that light up. We have spiders and the spider web, everything. Okay. Now let me tell you, we're coming back to this, but also I've already told Kathy, 
we're going to make this, if not this year, Cindy, next year, we're going to Kathy's house for the party. We oh, have to. Okay. I would love it. We'll figure it out. It could be a tie-in next October. Kathy, I may be walking Harriet Tubman's walk. Yes, this woman, I'm connecting with her that put this whole thing together. So we're close enough to you on the in Pennsylvania to drop down and see you. I know where you are. So, oh my gosh, that would be so awesome. And that when I say walking with Harriet Tubman, I mean, I'm going to walk five of the 20 miles and then I'll be back. At, then I have a touring car and I will have a bar and foot massages back at the hotel. So I've already told the woman that. I've already told the woman. I said, I can't walk. I, I'm not as tough as Harriet Tubman. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Okay. Now, I want to talk because you just said it. I want to talk about how you have self-published so many of your books and some that you haven't and how great they are. Kathy, so tell us a little bit about that because there are people that listen to us that would love to publish their own cookbook. Well, and I'm, I'm looking to self-publish my next cookbook. And so okay. I'm working with some different things. So like, I think, I think now I have 10 traditionally published cookbooks. Fantastic. Um, and I've done the photography in three of those. So, and that was, that's been really awesome and a cool part of the journey. And so the Ghoulish Gourmet, I think maybe four or five years old. So, I mean, I really was like, and I tried to pitch a Halloween book and it's hard enough to get someone to do a Halloween book, much mm -hmm. less a Halloween vegan book. I know. I know. Um, so, um, but my publish how i came into publishing my first book the vegan slow cooker is kind of weird so i tend to do everything backwards as you guys know because that's why i was like remember um i had Jenny Where are you? <laughs> exactly it's pretty much the story of my life if you remember we had a map <laughs> that's what was frightening <laughs> well you may remember before that before that class or it might have even been like six months or a year before that. I you were closer with Jenny, so Jenny had your yes. stuff, and I'm like, Jenny, will you ask Denise if I can be her bitch? Yes, <laughs> and we love that. I know it. It does well for me. I mean, if you want to learn from someone, help them, and then yes. gosh, you know, I say this now, Kathy. In all seriousness, when I have people, and because now with the internet and it's just websites and everything. I say to young people, have you ever, someone was talking about Matter Jaffrey. Now, Matter's written several cookbooks. She's an actress, but she's also, she's right there in New York. I've, I've had lunch with her, okay, because of different groups. She's a wonderful woman. I said to one of these young women, I, she lives in New York. I said, have you emailed her and said you'd love to bring some beautiful Chardonnay or chocolate croissants or anything that you made and just drop them by her apartment and you know thank just thank her for being her and I said you know asking someone to help them give them a present or sucking up to them is totally respectable okay I agree I think we move away from that like we don't want to like infringe on someone's privacy but I think there there's so many ways you can ask that aren't doing that it's not like I just showed up at your door and I knocked no. on your door and go no. what? Where are you going today? Can I come hang out with you? <laughs> you know? And you were a great help in that workshop, but I had already known Kathy because I'd seen 
several of your books, and I have several of your books, you were on a quest to improve your styling and your photography, and you did that. Absolutely. Okay. Like I, before I even did any cooking stuff, I was a musician. So I played right. in the Louisiana Philharmonic. So I played the French horn. So part of that is like, you don't get to stop learning. You're learning your whole life. And so that's just who I am now. And I think the same thing, you know, you're either as a blogger and cookbook author, you're improving your recipes, your writing, your photography, your styling all the time. And it's important. And if you, I was going to say, you know, this is, it always comes back to the same thing, Kathy, and I know I sound like I'm from 1890s, but hard work pays off, even though people, you know, I mean, I, I know this, bloggers, Cindy and I have met so many great bloggers and influencers in the last few years through our workshops. Well, let me tell you something, you spend a couple of days with those kids, that women and men, but they're working 24 seven. Mm -hmm. They're not sitting back going, oh, that big check arrived today. <laughs> they're working. And this is a cookbook authors, bloggers, chefs, people that handle food. There's easier ways to make a dollar, okay? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you remember when those things were going around on Facebook, you know, like what my parents think, what the rest of the world thinks and what I do is like with the food bloggers, like they think you're just out dining and doing these beautiful things and what it is is your kitchen and you're cleaning your when i'm doing a cookbook i clean my kitchen four times a day i know i mean and like cheryl thank goodness will come and do at least one of those for me so i don't start crying after you know, week seven <laughs> listen this is another thing kathy and then i need you to tell people how you got it why you became a vegan if you don't mind and what because your cookbooks are all vegan cookbooks if I was just talking to Ann Willen the other day, and one of the things she said, and Natalie Dupree has said this to me, every, every cookbook author I know, if you have a supportive spouse, partner to help you, because that's, you know, Cindy and I worked on all our books together. Kathy, if it's just you and you have the deadline and the stress and the budget and everything, and, to complete, if you had a spouse that did not rally and say, hey, let me do this one for you, honey. Or my husband, whenever we were writing a book, would say, I'm going to get us hamburgers somewhere. Do you know what I mean? It, of course, it may have been because I had shark glass and I was trying to slip my wrist. And I, I seemed to be out of my mind and the pills were all over the table. But he, he seemed to understand. It. So thank God for Cheryl. No, honey. This, if anything, Cheryl, during this pandemic, and I know this sounds spoiled because I know there's really, some people are so suffering, but do you know, I have never cooked so much in the past six months that I did in the previous 40 years of my food career. I mean, I, we fix breakfast, I fix lunch, we have dinner. I load that dishwasher two times a day. It's only two of us with two big dogs. It, it, it happens to us too. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a whole different shift. Yes. In the way things have happened. And I think while there, and, and I am sorry for all the things that it's bringing and yes. suffering and hardship. I'm hoping it's also bringing some good long-term shifts for us as well as, as a world. And yes. A giant community and, and just being more thoughtful. I love it. 
But yeah, no, I always say it's the cookbook roller coaster. Yes. And, and Cheryl and I both know. So like the first time I did it, I remember just laying in bed. <laughs> tears were starting to stream down the sides of my face. <laughs> because uh, when I started, I'd have my blog for two whole months. <gasps> So I had been, I was mad because I had said to myself, I'm going to self-publish a vegan slow cooker cookbook. My friend had a baby who had a dairy allergy. <clears throat> and so I was trying to give her recipes constantly. Did nothing. And so I'm like, I'm going to start a blog. And I, me being me, I jumped off the cliff, started building a parachute, which is my thing. Yeah. And, and so I'm like putting recipes out on the internet in places that don't even exist now. This was like 12 <laughs> years ago, you know, things that like, they'd be like, oh, the grandma part of the internet. And a publisher who had been looking for someone to do a vegan slow cooker cookbook saw a recipe, emailed me through one of those weird sites. So I totally thought it was a scam. Yes. I totally thought it was a scam. I did not believe in it at all. And then I had, they wanted me to do it in four months, but I got, five months. So I had a full-time job. They wanted 150 recipes. Oh my God. Kathy, that's slow cooker recipe. So I it's like five times as long as any recipe. I mean, it takes <laughs> well, then, forever. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't good at recipe development at that <laughs> point. Like, like, and, and I made the best horrible mistake I made the whole time wasn't actually even with the recipe itself. So like, that point and I we had a, like a 1200 square foot house we had a little house and I had like six slow cookers going all the time all the time and and, and one time I because I still do this now I go oh I want to make this and so I start making that and I wasn't thinking the whole thing through so I came home from work there had been Indian Mexican Italian and I think Thai cooking in the house all day long together <laughs> And I just immediately put everything in the fridge and we went out to eat. <laughs> that is people, if you've never developed recipes or if you've never had, done a lot, you've been blogging for 12 years, Kathy, that's a long time. I mean, that's phenomenal. And that's what, and to, to parlay that into all the books you've written, that's a lot of cooking. People, I don't think, you know, it's a fantasy. People have a fantasy about cookbooks and they have a fantasy. It's like they have the fantasy about a restaurant. I always love it when people say, oh, and I'm going to have a restaurant on the water and we're going to have blue tablecloths and stuff. And I feel like saying, you ever, you ever, you know how big the rats are on the water? <laughs> <laughs> you know how stinky the garbage is when it's near the water, you know? My eyes like got 10 sizes bigger <laughs> because I was like, you know, I think for a hot second, you know, in my 30s, I thought, ooh, a restaurant. Maybe because I've waited tables off and on since I was like 15 years old. I know restaurants. Yes. But I'm once you get to a certain age, I think, can I really, even though I work from home, there are times that I, I cook 12 and 15 hours a day, I'm but sure. not every day. And then I spend another couple of days sitting on my rear. 15 hours a day to balance it out. That's but right. if you're in the kitchen in a restaurant, there is none of that. Uh, Kathy, this is, and also there is an equation. You're still a baby, you're young. As you start to age, which I never put in the equation. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, oh, so what? Well, I was saying this to Cindy 
and this is for women that are older that are listening out there. So since I'm not working full time anymore, your stamina changes. Now, obviously, if tomorrow they said, Denise, if you ran um, along the highway to Tiffany's in Century City, and they would give you a hundred carat diamond tiara, guess what? I could do it. Okay. <laughs> I would take me a day or two, but I could do it. But I, the other day, when I think of how, when I would work 10, 12, 14 hour days, lifting those kits, lifting those props, moving them into the studio, moving them out of the studio, Cindy's handling all the food, the two of, we've got $500 worth of groceries for four dishes, you know. Well, that was hard work. The other day I got some stuff together for Goodwill, for the, actually for the boys club here in Ventura. It took me about three and a half, four hours. You would have thought I pulled the Titanic across the ocean. I came in at about three o'clock. I'm not exaggerating. I said, I need aspirin. I need a glass of wine. I need a nap. I, and I said to Cindy, what happened to me? But you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard and you have to have a rhythm like you're saying, and you have to be in the zone. I think, uh, I do think a lot of it is about the zone too and mental. Like I noticed too, like you, and you have, I think when you're doing it all the time and you have no choice, you just pull, pull it together. I guess it's about, you know what I mean? You pull it from the depths of your soul or however you might want to put, because like even with that cookbook, I'm like, I signed a contract. I'm working a full-time job. And I really remember going, can I even write 150 recipes? Do I even know that at this point? And it was like the, there's about a middle point of the book before half the recipes aren't done. You're like, does it matter if there are 30 recipes or 300 halfway? I'm like, why did I do this? Exactly. This is so stupid. And then, you know, and I, and I didn't have any children. So um, I only imagine this must be like what it is for people who have more than one children. Because then you get the book and it's in your hand. You're like, oh, this is pretty. <laughs> and you're like, before you know it, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll pitch another project. <laughs> it is like childbirth. You forget and you they get pregnant again. My sister said to me, there was too much, there was so much time between my kids, I forgot how awful it was, and then I got pregnant again. Books are the same way. You get, and also it's shiny. It's like, you're, it's shiny, and they wave a little check in front of you, and all of a sudden you think, I can't do this. And then halfway through, I think, I don't want to do this. Well, and I'm kind of hoping with the self-publishing, so I'm going to- Tell us about it. On a no oil, and this is not for everybody. So oh, just, I understand. I, I just so your audience knows that yes, I I'm I'm a vegan. Uh, I work with a lot of whole food, plant based people. So I actually work with a lot of older people. Got it. Who are looking to kind of help themselves with like heart disease or diabetes or some things like that. So I do vegan food and food for them. So they are the people who are the nicest to me. So therefore, I want to write a book for them. Lovely. <laughs> they're the people who say thank you for all you do and it makes me mushy instead of why did you write so much before I had to get to the recipe yeah, okay. <laughs> now I just want to say a couple of names I went to Amazon this morning Kathy because I have your ultimate vegan cookbook for the um, Instapot which is a beautiful book mm -hmm. and I have the first one you ever gave me was the easy vegan cookbook 
which is delicious. And I told you this, but I meant it. When I moved from LA, I gave away about 2000 cookbooks. I had to, there's just, I, I wasn't gonna be using them like I had, you know, blah, blah. I kept your two. Nuh-uh. Yeah, and I'm not vegan, but I'll tell you something. You know, I cooked out of that easy vegan cookbook a couple of times. And my husband, the time I made the cauliflower tacos, I think that was the one that he said, these are delicious. I said, I know. So, honey, your food tastes delicious. And we don't eat. And we, you have also written the vegan slow cooker, that one, oh, vegan slow cooking. I mean, the, if people go to Amazon, you've got a lot of books, honey. I do. The latest one is the gluten-free vegan, no, gluten-free vegan cooking in your Instant Pot. Yes, I see a beautiful blue cover. Gorgeous. And so, um, and that's the newest one. And, and if people are interested in it, don't be scared about the gluten-free. You can substitute whole wheat flour for stuff sure. if you want to. I won't tell anybody. Well, how did you become a vegan, Kathy? How did that happen? So it, this is the back of the story in 1983. See, this is where I put on my grandma glasses. So I'm, see, I'm 55 and a half almost getting in that. You're half. still a baby to me, kiddo. <laughs> so in 1983, I became vegetarian and I did it all in one day. It, I, I can look back and see the signs it, and it was more of a compassion thing for me. Okay. But I saw a side of beef hanging in a grocery store. I came home and that was day zero <laughs> and that was in 1983 you can't get tofu at the store oh no the stuff you know there was no mock meats or anything so molly katzen taught me how to cook oh my god and i have not met her but she is like such a hero to me and i finally actually um kind of gave her an email and told her and i said thank you so much look at what you've done and now i do stuff like this, which she probably thought I was just being a weirdo, but hopefully not. I, I'm sure, no, no, I know <laughs> Molly, I've met her. Um, she's lovely and honey, she's very sincere and I'm sure she, but, and also, you know what? Because of her career, I'm sure she gets a lot of thank you notes like that and is very appreciative. Well, she, it was just so awesome. And I, you know, in 1983, cookbooks didn't really have pictures. They had those beautiful drawings. Yes which no one would accept now, <laughs> you know? um, but I remember just mulling over because I didn't learn how to cook from my mom. I'm not like Virginia Willis who grew up in my grandmother's knee making biscuits. I'm a child of the seventies. Everything went in the microwave. Well, there wasn't a microwave then, but everything came out of the freezer and went into something to get hot TV dinners and things. Um, and so just mulling over like her drawings of diced vegetables versus chopped versus this and like really just taking it in. Um, and so actually becoming vegetarian is what helps me be more exposed to different kinds of cuisine. So it's kind of funny because I think because of Molly Katzen, I, I cook a little Eastern European first, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm a Southern girl from North Carolina. Yes. Um, but, and then it's probably been about eight years. I was just started to write the vegan slow cooker. Dawn's daughter was diagnosed with a dairy allergy. And so I was helping her, I was making recipes so she can make them and like have a life and a baby. And then I did some reading and made some choices. There's some things that you can't necessarily unlearn. So I don't want to talk about here because I want everyone to make their own choices and not feel influenced. Yeah. Um, 
but also now it's way easier to be vegan than it would. It would have been hard to go vegan in 1983. I agree. But like right now, <laughs> it Miyoko's vegan cheese is amazing. So any of you who maybe don't want to go vegan, but maybe have some dairy issues, I would highly recommend you go to, I think they even have it at Target and Trader Joe's. They have Miyoko's cultured butter and her, some yeah. of her vegan. Yes, I've seen that. I've seen that, Kathy. And what, you know what, you're making such a great point, but here, and I think again, people come to it. I know this now that I cook 400 meals a week, I swear, I feel like I'm running an automat. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's, and my husband is not demanding. Kenny's, like, I'll say, I don't have any, I don't have anything. <laughs> I'm, you know, I envisioned as a young woman, we all have fantasies. I was going to be, and you, you might know who she is, Cindy knows it, she's so, I was Loretta Young. I would come down a staircase. My home would always be lovely. There would be fresh flowers. The dog would be groomed. My husband would say, how beautiful you are, Denise. I mean, and none of that shit happened. <laughs> and right, yeah. Now, <laughs> there are nights that I've, we've had breakfast and lunch, I've maybe roasted a chicken, so there isn't, but I'll just, and I've cleaned up the kitchen twice, and I've unloaded and loaded the dishwasher again, and, and I think I don't want to cook. Well, because of that seven days a week, I've been using more beans and more vegetables and more uh, risotto and more grains than I have in years, because I'm cooking seven days a week. Right, and, and the I think it's interesting because when you're not cooking all the time, all that seems very intimidating. There's something very intimidating about brown rice. Too long, or it's going to take too long. Well, you're like, that's going to take an hour. That's right. But when you're at home all the time like this, like, and this is, and I'm saying this on your show, and so Cheryl can hold me to it, is that (laughs) as the time changes, I have made a promise to myself that I'm going to start thinking about and either make dinner in the morning in the slow cooker or start dinner around four or four thirty. Brilliant. Like now with the summer, we're eating at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, which is too late for us. But yes. I think having a plan and like, so I've been using my rice cooker more than I've ever used it before. So Excellent. you put your rice in there, it can cook for an hour. It doesn't matter. You're doing yes. something else. Kathy, I couldn't agree more. And what you start to go back to what you said, this pandemic is a re- time for a reset. There are things that I like cooking rice, like make, I would always, I love risotto, but I think, oh, I don't have an hour when after I'd worked all day or I was tired and I didn't want to stand at the stove. Actually, it takes so little time and I throw some sliced chicken in it sometimes or just artichokes or just green beans or whatever I've got and a little Parmesan cheese on top but that could be a vegan cheese. Kenny says to me, this is so delicious. I said, I know it's amazing how delicious it is. Do you know what I mean? So I agree with you, but I'm just saying we're eating more, we're eating less meat on on an everyday basis than we have in years because I have time to cook something or make soup. Right, and I I remember when when I went vegetarian, I was 18. And so my mom was like, I'm not cutting up all that vegetable crap. You know, there's just no way. Um, and I think there is this thing. And there's even with me, sometimes I'll be like, oh, 
I really want X, but oh, that's going to take so much time. And usually what it is, is it's 15 minutes of cutting some stuff up, 10 minutes of mushing some stuff together and voila, pecan veggie loaf, right? That we cook for no time. My favorite in this pandemic, which has just been, Kathy, not, it's not vegan, but there is nothing better than a whole roasted chicken. And you have to just rinse the chicken out. I put some lemon and rosemary in the cavity. So instead of buying that roast chicken that's filled with saline solution or whatever they pump those things full of, I've been roasting a chicken once a week. Then I make stock, you know, then I make soup with that stock. So that like split pea soup or lentil soup. But when I roast that chicken, Kenny says to me, this is the most delicious thing in the world. And I said, and I know, and we used to, I used to always buy it because I didn't feel like I had time to cook them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a whole lot of things. I never felt, well, when I was working, I did work 50, 60 hours a week. But now I've just found out, um, which is when I, I've, I, I get a lot of ideas from vegan cookbooks, from your vegan cookbooks. And sometimes, I, like you said, I make a substitution and I'm fine. And you know, my whole thing is, is because there are some mean vegans. You've heard me tell this story before. So I always say there's really only like four mean vegans in the whole world, but they make a schedule. So someone can be mean all the time. At any given time on the internet, someone will say, you're not vegan enough, or how could you do this? And, and I did a, so I have a private Facebook group called Vegan Recipes Cooking with Kathy Hester, and there's about 7,000 people in there. They're vegans and plant-based people who you wouldn't think, but they will fight each other just as much as anybody else, but they don't in my group because I give them that look and I tell them how I'm very disappointed in how this conversation is going. You've never got to see like the mean Kathy, but yeah, I'm like, I'm stopping the comments now. Um, but I did a whole little poll about, you know, are you an aspiring vegan? Are you plant-based? Let's, I wanted to understand and there were people who identified on what is called in that, those communities, the SAD or the standard American diet. There are people who, who that's what I do and I'm here. That's right. And that's they right. get along with everyone. They're not there to be jerks or anything. And so the thing is, is we all eat, everybody eats vegetables except for the new carnivore people. I know, I know. But in, I can't really help them, but um, I have nothing to give, but I can, you know, if you want to use some of my recipes for a side dish, I'm happy. Me, somebody wants to do Meatless Monday, because I, I just want to help people cook better and taste. Yes, and this is a big thing, too, and this is why people write cookbooks and people buy cookbooks, Kathy. It is, and this is in this pandemic, people have had to learn to cook. A lot of people that never cooked have learned to cook. This is wonderful. Grocery stores, when everybody, when retail stores are going out of business, right and left, grocery stores are booming. Yeah. Yeah. You it, know, it, and that's okay. That's it. I think, see, I, and that's because as you said, everyone has, one of the things you said also, everyone has different experiences growing up with their families. See, my mother made three meals a day, handmade everything from scratch all the time. The only thing, she didn't bake bread. She said, no, we're rich. We're going to the bakery. And so we, <laughs> she didn't bake bread. But she cooked and cleaned and cooked and cleaned. And then I remember all of a sudden when she turned 70 years old, she said, I'm not cooking anymore. And at the time, I, was, I thought, what's the matter with Well, now I understand exactly. She'd had it. 
She'd been cooking for like 50 fucking years. <laughs> that was enough. And she and her husband ate out. But I, 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 you know, and Cindy tells a story that her mother cooked, but it needed more flavor. And so that's why Cindy started to cook. So I think how we all come to cooking, it's such a private thing. It's so private. And why we cook and why we, you know, what we eat, it's a very private thing. It is. And I, I think it's so important for us to be open to everybody's stories and things, you know, yeah. like sometimes um, I know in the past I've been like, oh, well, so-and-so learned to cook at their grandmother's knee. So that makes them here, you know, up here and me. Yeah. I can never achieve that kind of level. But like I always say, and for good or for bad, my cookbooks aren't the cookbooks that are going to win famous awards. But my cookbooks are the cookbooks I hope and I've been told are in people's kitchens and being used. Honey, that's exactly right. Now, listen, madam, we have to make a decision. We need you to come back, Kathy, to talk about another project that you're working on. And because it's very exciting, it's about, it, I think it's brilliant. Kathy has come up with how to make, create your own videos when you're a shy person. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, Kathy, we want to thank you so much for coming today. I want everyone to know that all the books that we talked about are on Amazon.com. It's Kathy Hester. You can't miss her. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye.